Hi, my name is Cecilia Mandrick, and I'm a life coach. I've worked with dozens of high-achieving individuals who feel in control of every aspect of their lives except their own happiness. In this podcast, I'm helping to bring self-proclaimed overachievers the practices, mindset shifts, and actionable steps they need to build more contentment, confidence, and joy in their everyday lives. If you want to create more happiness in your life, relationships, or even just your Mondays, then you're in the right place. Let's get started. All right, hello, and welcome to Happiness Created, episode 25. I'm your host, Cecilia, and today we're talking all things self-sabotage. This is a thing that a lot of us do and that you probably wish that you didn't do. I'm going to note that I'm going to use the example of money and sometimes weight throughout this episode just because I think that they are concrete enough that most people have experiences of them, either themselves or watching somebody. But know that this extends to all things, not just saving money. Let's get going. All right, first, let's define self-sabotage. Self-sabotage is when people do or don't do things that block their success and prevent them from accomplishing their goals. So if we're looking at the money example, if you have the goal of saving $10,000, you might do something that blocks your success. So you might spend every time it comes in and that prevents you from accomplishing your goal or you don't do something. So for instance, with the money, you might save money. And then as soon as you have $1,000 saved up, you go and spend it on something. You take a vacation, you find something fancy to buy, you give it away, or you don't do it to begin with. So you don't actually save the money. I love that this definition includes blocking your success and preventing you from accomplishing your goals because that's exactly the result of self-sabotage. That's what we see over and over again. Probably you yourself or watching someone else. Sometimes it's easier to watch someone else in the self-sabotage or identify it than in your own life. The second part of the definition that I'm going to add is that self-sabotage is an action you are taking, and it's a choice. It's something you can choose to do or choose not to do. And this is maybe a little bit more controversial, so that self-sabotage isn't just something that's happening to you. It's not a circumstance in the world, but it's something that you do. So someone might say, yeah, but every time I save up $1,000, something happens in the world and I need to spend it. So we're going to look at how you actually intersect with self-sabotage in this episode. So self-sabotage being an action means that it results from a thought-feeling combination in your own head. If you're familiar with the model that I use and discuss, self-sabotage goes in the A-line. You're having a thought, there's a circumstance in the world, right? The $1,000 in your bank account, you have a thought about it and a feeling, and then self-sabotage is one of the actions you take. And I can hear you saying, nope, I actually want to succeed. I don't want to self-sabotage. I am not choosing this. And I'll agree with you. Your cognitive prefrontal cortex probably does want to succeed. You chose this goal. You're hoping that you'll get there. You have maybe even really great whys and reasons why you want to get there. But your primitive brain might not want you to get there for a variety of reasons. These reasons are your brain doesn't want to be different than those around you. So for instance, if you're around people who don't save money, it doesn't really want to be different. Change means accepting and growing into a new identity and a new version of yourself. And your brain doesn't generally like that. And then there's also the habitual nature of your brain, that what you're doing is working and it's keeping you alive. 
So there are a couple of reasons why your primitive brain doesn't want the change that will keep bringing you back to your preset kind of temperature if you think about a thermostat. I also want to say that self-sabotage is totally normal. It's a normal action that people who have human brains in the world take because you have the brain that I just mentioned above, the brain that is habitual, the brain that doesn't like change, the brain that just wants to stay the same. Your brain is also wired for pleasure, comfort, and safety. It is not wired to grow into the best version of yourself. It's not wired to grow and achieve the goals that you might have in your head. It might not even be wired to make changes that not only do you really want, but may actually make for, and I'm using air quotes here, a different, better life, right? A healthier life, something like that. I also want to say that self-sabotage is also totally changeable. It's something that's entirely workable. It's in the A line, which is one of the easiest places to change, especially if you identify the thoughts and feelings around it. So if you're currently in a self-sabotage cycle, or if you have a history of self-sabotage, make sure you listen to this. Make sure that you get everything out of it because it is something you can shift and change. I've seen it happen over and over again. I've done it myself. There's this interesting trade-off in self-sabotage that happens that I want to mention here and we'll bring up later too, is that we're in this short-term pleasure, short-term discomfort, long-term pleasure, long-term discomfort equation or situation. So in self-sabotage, you're choosing short-term pleasure to prevent short-term discomfort. And I'm going to say that a different way because I think it's really important. So you are choosing short-term pleasure and long-term discomfort over short-term discomfort and long-term pleasure. When you have a goal, when you have someplace you want to be, it's a long game. It's something you've decided with your prefrontal cortex, not with your primitive brain. And your primitive brain is focused on the now. So your primitive brain always wants to avoid discomfort in the moment and have pleasure in the moment, safety in the moment, avoid discomfort in the moment. Your prefrontal cortex can see how you want to get to a place that is different and that might involve short-term discomfort. So like with so many of the things that I bring up, this involves understanding and working with your brain. So you might have some goal, and I've presented this kind of fictional goal of having of wanting to save $10,000. And self-sabotage, or how you might be experiencing it, is you do something to interfere with those long-term goals. Another way of looking at it, and another example that usually can people can relate to, is losing something like 50 pounds. So if you're someone who doesn't set goals, and I can hear you out there saying, I don't even set them. So I'm not someone who interferes with my long-term goals. I'm going to tell you one of the ways, the ways in general that people self-sabotage. And one of them is that you don't set goals. That is a way of self-sabotaging, right? Another way is procrastination. Another one is buffering. And the, the fourth is not showing up or quitting. So we're going to talk about each of these just a little bit. So procrastination, many of us know we put off doing something. And we put off doing something because we want to avoid the feeling of doing it because it doesn't feel comfortable. So you might procrastinate starting to save because it feels uncomfortable actually saving. It's not something that you're used to doing. And so making that change feels weird. So you just keep putting it off. Like I'll do it next month. I'll do it next month. I'll do it next month. And suddenly you're three years later and you haven't saved anything. You're no closer to your goal. Another way that people self-sabotage is they buffer. And buffering can look like many different things. It can be working for certain people. It can be shopping. It can be watching Netflix. It can be drinking. It can be doing chores around the house. 
So there are many different ways that people buffer. Buffering essentially is engaging in one activity to avoid a different emotion. So for instance, maybe it's uncomfortable for you to save the money in some way or the self-sabotage is coming up, right? So you're buffering by buying things. So you feel more comfortable in the moment. So you're thinking that I'll feel happier by buying this than I will by saving. Another way is that you don't show up or you quit. So you're either not doing it at all or you decide halfway through just to quit. Your brain tells you that starts to give you little pieces of doubt and the doubt is more comfortable than the growth, right? And so you just say like, this isn't worth it. I don't even know why I had this goal. Why would I have the $10,000 savings goal? It doesn't make any sense. It's not possible. I should just quit now. This can show up in a belief. So you might think, start to think this isn't possible for me, or your brain might start to tell you it's not possible for you to save $10,000 and you believe it's not possible. So you just stop. And so you accept this kind of truth about yourself or you've never done it before. So what makes you think you can do it now? And so you give up. And then the fourth way that people self-sabotage, that you might self-sabotage, is you don't even set goals to begin with. So this might come from failing at goals or being in self-sabotage in the past or just beliefs that you hold about yourself, like things aren't possible for me, so why even start? And again, you're trading the potential discomfort of failing over the discomfort that you know right now, discomfort of not even starting where you are. When you're in this place of self-sabotage, doubt generally feels better than growth. And this is something I mentioned, but I want to talk a little bit more about. So the doubt that you have around that's possible is something that you're experienced with. It's a discomfort that's known to you. And so it feels a lot better than the discomfort of growth or of trying. Our brain, we often discount known discomfort over unknown discomfort. We'll take the known discomfort. We'll take it every single day over the unknown discomfort. And that's because it feels safer to our brain. It feels much safer to stay in the doubt, to stay not making a change, and to feel that discomfort of staying in the same place, even if we say cognitively we don't want it, than to have the discomfort of growth. You might be in this place because you lack awareness of your own patterns. And that's just a lot of us go around about life without knowing our own patterns, without recognizing what's happening. So you just keep rinsing and repeating, not recognizing that you're doing the same thing over and over again. So you might not recognize the self-sabotage that you're having, or how you keep ending up in this place where you want to save $10,000, but like you just can't get beyond the $500 that always sits in your savings account. Another reason self-sabotage continues to come up is you have a past focus or you're kind of resisting or judging yourself. So the past focus looks at how you have performed in the past. So maybe you've never saved $10,000 before and you're using that against yourself now or you're shooting and judging yourself while you're here. And then lastly, there are beliefs about yourself and about goals. So you might have beliefs about yourself that you don't achieve things or that this is hard for you. It's easier for other people, that this is a stupid goal to have. You might not have actually settled into why you want to do this and looked through that lens or have your belief plan that I talked about in a different episode. Self-sabotage can come up before reaching your goal or it can come up after you're reaching your goal, which maybe I should have said this closer to the beginning, but I think this is another really important part. Some self-sabotage happens and like even before you start, right? That's the not showing up. That's the not setting goals. Sometimes it happens after you've had some measure of success. So after you've saved $1,000 and sometimes it happens after you've gotten there, right? You've saved the $10,000 and you sabotage your way all the way back to where you had, were before. So maybe having $500 in your savings account. 
So rather than spin in this same model that's leading to the action of self-sabotage, you need to work with your brain to move in a mindset that is open to growth, that favors growth and change over the comfort of now, the comfort of that doubt, the comfort of being exactly where you are. And this new model is one that switches that long-term, short-term equation that I talked about before. So I'm going to repeat it here. So that you're choosing short-term pleasure and long-term discomfort over short-term discomfort and long-term pleasure. And pleasure is an interesting word. I use this because our brain is pleasure-seeking and oftentimes there's something related to dopamine and the buffering or in the giving up. It feels better in the moment. But knowing that pleasure is something that we create with our head, the happiness that we create with our brain. So a solution that does work is deciding on purpose not to self-sabotage. So taking control of your emotional management not outsourcing how you feel to a situation, to another person, becoming aware of your feelings and processing those feelings, becoming aware of the thoughts you have, and then thinking on purpose. And remember that failing happens and that life isn't always supposed to be great. So having those kind of in the back of your head. So that's the sort of solution, right? To show up in that way, primarily deciding on purpose that you're going to do something different, becoming aware of the thoughts and emotions and shifting those. As we think about the process to get there, you need to know that any change and this process is about shifting your self-concept. I said it above, but when you make change, you're actually growing into a new version of yourself. The you that has saved $10,000 is different than the you that hasn't saved $10,000. And you need to start to wrap your head around who that person is, who that new person who saves $10,000 is. And this isn't a better version of you or a more worthy version of you or a more lovable version of you. It's just a different version of you. It's you that you're growing into. And your brain does have cognitive dissonance because you're becoming a different person. So there's a shift between who you are now and who you're going to have to be to save that $10,000. And your brain doesn't really like that. And what you're starting to do as you start to become aware of thoughts and feelings is that you're helping that cognitive dissonance gap get smaller and smaller. This new identity that you're growing into, this $10,000 savings identity, looks and feels different than you expect. You might be telling yourself that it's going to be better there than it is here, and it's not, I promise. I'll talk about that a little bit in a moment. But sometimes we self-sabotage, we enter into this cycle because we think that it's going to feel great once we are wherever we are. But the truth is, wherever you are, saving the $10,000 actually feels remarkably similar to now. And so knowing that that's something that will happen is important, right? You're not going to suddenly be happy when you save $10,000. Saving $10,000 is something, an action, right? A situation, a circumstance. And being happy is an emotion, not something you create with your thoughts. So how do you get there? What's the process? So the first one is to create safety. And creating safety looks like working with your primitive brain and your nervous system, recognizing what you have, what your preset thoughts are, what your beliefs are, and naming them as completely normal human things to think and feel, being there for yourself, helping yourself to see that an identity shift is okay. That can be done through grounding, through taking slow breaths, lots of different ways, but it's fundamentally creating that safety for your nervous system and then engaging your prefrontal cortex. So this is reminding yourself that you have control and you have a choice. You get to choose your thoughts and how you feel throughout your day. You can also process the feelings that come up from unintentional thoughts. You are choosing to feel differently when you're choosing to go a different path and know that cognitive dissonance 
and that self-sabotage will likely happen. So your brain wants to go back and keep you the same. Your brain wants to tell you that you don't need to keep going. Your brain thinks that it won't survive this identity shift. So if you can be there with it, if you can expect it and work with it, that can really help yourself get through the sabotage. When you engage your prefrontal cortex, you can also reestablish your identity and how you see yourself. And you can start doing that before you're even there, before you've even started saving the $10,000. First, you also need to understand the current model that you're in that's causing the self-sabotage. Interrupt this model and create a new model. So create new ways of thinking and feeling that lead to different actions. A couple episodes, I think actually maybe last episode, I talked about living from your future. And this is one way you can really do this. So you can think about $10,000 saver. What are they like? Who are they? What kind of person does that? How do they think? How do they feel? What does your life look like when you save $10,000? Being in that space can help you create a new model to be in. It can help your brain live in that future space and create safety before you get there so that when you get there, you can stay there. When you're along the path, it's easier. This um, living in the future creates this acceptance that is a really powerful thing, and it creates acceptance before you've arrived. When you live from your future, you can also start to anticipate problems. So what will be different? What do you anticipate being hard about saving $10,000? What do you anticipate being hard about this life that you will have? And I know that that sounds a little bit strange, like it sounds like only a good thing to have saved $10,000. But for some of you, it might actually create a host of problems. Your brain will actually deliver them to you if you ask. And then you also need to commit to not engaging in procrastination, buffering, quitting, or not setting goals in general. When you do that, when you commit to this process, you can start to see the results and impacts in your life. So when you start to live from the future, you start to save now. You start to make progress towards whatever your goal is in the moment. You also start to see how this impacts the rest of your life. So for instance, the saving, the saver in you, and again, if $10,000 doesn't resonate, you can insert whatever it is you want to here. But that person has a different life than you have right now. They value different things. They do different things. What does that look like? What would your life look like as that person? What do you think the impacts would be in your life when you are at your goal? And this is something that you can do that's unique to you. And then I guess lastly, some questions to ask yourself is to get really curious about the self-sabotage. What feels scary to you about where you want to go? Why don't you think it sounds like a great idea? What part of your brain is actually resisting it? If you start to live from your future self, who will you be once you're there? How do you think you'll feel? And then start to create that feeling right now. Start to live from that place in this moment so that when you get there, you're not resistant to the change. You're not resistant to the success. You're not resistant to this new version of you. So you don't slide exactly back to where you are right now. Again, which isn't a worse version of you. There's nothing wrong with you right now. But if you have a goal, you're saying, I'd like to do something different. Okay, that is self-sabotage. Thank you so much for tuning in. And I can't wait to see you next time. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you're looking for another way to bring a little bit of joy into your life, I have just the thing for you. My Feel Your Feelings mini course is designed to help you develop emotional literacy and increase your emotional resilience. It's totally free and available for you by going to Cecilia, that's C-E-C-E-L-I-A-B Mandrick, M-A-N-D-R-Y-K dot com forward slash free training. 
I just know you're going to love it. We'll see you back here next week on Happiness Created. See you then. Here's a quick reminder to follow this podcast so you can get your weekly dose of happy delivered right to the top of your favorite podcast app. All you need to do is open the Apple Podcast or Spotify app on your phone, search for Happiness Created, click on the show, and hit the little plus sign or follow button in the upper right corner. I'll meet you back here next week. Thank you.